Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains, your favorite spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. We are in Sussex today, in the UK, by way of South Africa, with our guest, Sunette Rodney. We were just talking in the green room about how strange the world is today. After COVID, I mean, just people have just come up out the ground. They don't know who they are. They don't recognize their identity, or they just become numb to the entire process. They don't take things seriously. They're a little bit more angry. And I don't even know how to communicate sometimes with the millennials because they're on a whole different frequency. But there is a thing called RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy. I'm going to talk about that and hypnosis. Oh, yeah, put the Spengali on you. Okay, I can take myself <laughs> down. I have been doing that. I have been um, listening to hypnosis tapes to help me lose weight. And believe it or not, it's working, brains. So it does work. So hypnotherapy is nothing to be afraid of. It's not going to make you quack like a duck. It's not going to make you bark like a dog. It's not going to make you stand on your head. You can't do anything that uh, you're, you know, you're not prone to do anyway. So don't be afraid of it. Lend yourself into it. It talks to your subconscious mind. They can do some neuro-linguistic programming. It's a whole lot of great stuff. But I want to talk about this RTT because it's supposed to work pretty quick. So let's bring her to the edge. How are you today, Precious? Hi, I am doing well, thank you, and yourself? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Tell my brains how you show up in the world. Ooh, with regards to hypnotherapy and rapid transformational therapy. Just I... period. <laughs> Just period. Just period. Okay, so I... I am a rapid transformational therapist and hypnotherapist and I love that part of my life because it just absolutely I love helping people and I specifically help people to find their voice and find their confidence again back um, and sometimes it's not necessarily even after a relationship sometimes it's just the way we grow up right. and 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 you know you you sort of grow up in a space where there's a lot of volatility. I think in today's time and age, there's just so many things that um, that do happen to people. And you sort of get in that place where you where you always like hypervigilant. And that hypervigilant state almost creates like a codependency in relationships, which always ends you up in a you know, coercive behavior kind of place where somebody controls you and takes your voice away and takes your individuality away. Well, and you I, a lot about, well, and I hate to interject, but I want to, I want to yeah. see how those two create a parallel. You know, you say they're hypervigilance, uh, but also it creates a codependency because you saw that firsthand in South Africa and it wasn't Correct. a picture. You know, there was the haves, the have-nots, there was the whites, there was the blacks, there were the the corrupt, there were the affluent. So I get what you're saying when you say that 
because you were dependent on these people. No matter what, you needed the resources, the minerals, the security, the money, and your dignity. Absolutely. Absolutely. If if I take it to a personal level for me, is I come from a Afrikaans background. So that was a very and, and I have to say this up front, not everybody that's from an Afrikaans background has gone through what I've gone through because it's always a personal experience within the dynamic of the family. Uh, but it has happened to many people from that culture. And, and again, it happens to all people from all cultures, right? So else we could have just contained it and say, let's just focus on this one little spot in the planet and we can, you know, get rid of coercive behavior and of codependency and of narcissism. We can just chuck exactly. it all into exactly. one corner I live in America. Earth, right? I live in America and you don't have to tell me. We yeah. stop it. You still, it. It's there. So... You know, for me, and, and I'm not going to tell the story out of a victim mentality, but because I've walked that journey and I, and I understand what, what it does to you. You know, so I grew up in a very, very strict conservative culture. Mm-hmm. And in, in a culture where the man is the head of the house and everybody does what they're told. Uh, and the other side, so that was a that was a thing that was in the culture and in the society. And on the other hand, a very and I'm going to say a religious influence. I'm not going to call it a biblical or a godly influence. I'm going to call it the religious influence right. because right. people will take literally what a certain part of of the word says and enforce that down. A woman will be submissive and, you know, all, all those kind of kind Based of upon words. their own interpretation, manipulation, and control. Correct. It's, Correct. It's, you know, I tell people all the time, don't get it confused. Religion is the biggest mind wash. Yeah, but, but it's the biggest brainwash that you can get. Absolutely. You have a personal relationship with source. Yeah. Absolutely, a hundred percent agree with you. And I've, I've always said throughout my whole journey, I've never lost that connection with source. I lost that trust with people. You know, so they are two different things for me altogether. But also, you know, with with the culture that I grew up in, um, everybody could correct a child according to <laughs> to scripture. Right? So I was permanently bruised. I just thought that's normal you know people people would say or my parents would say oh you just bruise so easily I mean it took me all these years to actually go like I bruised easily because that's the way I was beaten as a child I don't bruise now you know I don't bruise now so what has changed you know so this this is just just a background of where where I grew up in and growing up in that that state of where you walk into a room and you just read people quickly and you sort of think oh my gosh who's gonna have a flash up who's gonna smack you who's gonna shout at you you know how heated is the conversation should you remove yourself then you start to almost develop this personality of let me keep everybody happy because if I keep everybody happy, I don't have to deal with this. Right. You know, 
then you start to create that codependency. I will give up everything from me, all my needs, all my requirements, mm. that what makes me happy, anything to keep you happy. Because if you're happy, there will be less flashpoints. Mm. You know, so... Aha moment, absolutely. Uh, absolutely but you know growing up you don't realize that you're just surviving right you just you're just making this environment work so when you get into a relationship you you choose that same kind of person so even though it's uncomfortable and you don't really want to have it but it's so familiar that you don't know what else is right and what else is normal you know, so I've I've walked that path. And if if there's anyone out there that's not quite sure what it means to be in a codependent kind of relationship, it's that feeling that you're constantly walking on eggshells. Um, you know, you have to ask permission or you have to check in with this person. Is it okay? I'm going to the shops. Is it all right? Can I buy that dress? Can I can I get some money to do things? You know, and often pardon people pleasing absolutely people pleasing you know and and you often apologize for things that you don't didn't even do just just to keep the peace you know so these are kind of things how it shows up and, and some of the things are just just very very subtle it is you are working so hard to please that person that you completely forget about yourself you give up your hobbies you give up your friends there's just no personal time and space for yourself and while you're in there, you just you just don't really realize that. And I think, you know, it you actually don't even have the headspace to go and think that something is wrong because your head is constantly busy, constantly trying to to keep the balance, to to make peace, constantly trying to keep somebody else happy. That that you just really can't think. You know, I had a I had a person once say to me, um, and this was this was a pastor's wife. We were driving, and I didn't take the correct turn off. And as I missed the turn off, she just said to me, "Oh, you have such a rebellious spirit." And today I look back and I think I just didn't have the mind space to process everything. Right, right, right. You made you, know? me, you made me anxious because you were in the car. You made me nervous. It was all about yeah. It's like it wasn't I'm about me. <laughs> But now you have progressed and you, what brought you to RTT and hypnotherapy? You know, that, that was actually a journey that I took. And first of all, it was a journey for me of self-discovery. So only when I got out of my relationship, when I got divorced, I got to a place where I had that headspace to start to think about things. And, um, I, I dug into every course that I could find, not just self-help courses, but just really to understand how do I improve myself? How do I get to understand myself? Because I realized that I've lost so much of my own being in, in all of this. Um, and I realized that whatever I've been through, I cannot really point the finger to someone. I cannot point the finger to my parents, to family members, to the church, to my to whoever I was in a relationship with, um, because the journey started with me. The healing process started with me. 
what they did, they didn't do to me. They did it. And I could separate the two. I could separate the fact that they did it regardless of who I am. You know, and I could I could actually step away and really dig into a deeper transformation for me. And that transformation was gradual. And I sort of you get to I got to a point where I thought like I've done these courses and I've learned so much and I'm so excited. And then you realize, oh my gosh, it's just like peeling off one layer of an onion. And you realize there's other stuff I have to deal with. But, so you, I just, but each layer that you pull back, you tear. Absolutely. And absolutely. people are not willing uh, to show their vulnerability. They don't want to say, you know, I am a people pleaser and I am afraid. And, you know, realizing that I'm enough. Yeah. And I don't need the outside influence to validate who I am inside. Nothing. Nothing. You don't even have to, you know, even if you're on the most loving, caring relationship. Yes, I know in a relationship there's like give and take. But the moment you have to give up you, you have to be in that place where you can go like, I'm not willing to cross this line. And that should be okay for both parties to say, yeah, okay, I see that. I can see this is important for you. If you can't have that, then something is fundamentally wrong. Then somebody is, is taking more than they are giving. Right, but you know, that's not sexy. That's that's not a nah. challenge, okay? It's not on nah. trend that, you know, you have to be the person that's posturing and pontificating best hair, best clothes, keeping up with the Joneses. That is what society has deemed important. Correct. When you see these fake images on social media. I'm so glad social media wasn't around when, you know, I was a young oh, buck. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but what, what really fascinates me is how the kids just get sucked into it and they get, okay, don't get me wrong. I work in social media and I do take my phone with me to the throne and I use the restroom, but these kids, they, that's how they interact. They'll be in the other room and they'll text you. They won't talk. And they believe all of the things that these images that they see and the conversations that they have with people. So it's really hard to identify with who you are authentically because you have all of this other stuff going on in the background. How do we, you know, and I, I want to touch on that just for a minute, but with the younger, younger people, and I'll say anybody 35 and between 15 and 35, that's a big yeah. age gap. How do we connect with them in a real way to say, you know what, you are important. This is who you are. Let's do some self-discovery and get away from all these images on the device and the bullying and all that. How do we connect with them in this, today's environment? For me personally, because I have grandchildren, right? And no, one of them. You got grandchildren. Yeah. I, I, would was, I was born in the 60s, right? <laughs> yes. Wow. So, well, you got one heck of a good moisturizer because I would have never thought that. I would have really thought you were like in your 40s. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate I'll take it. I'll take it all. 
give it to me. <laughs> so anyway, before I go read, right? So, <laughs> so my granddaughter is is fourteen, and she has a incredibly strong self image. If we talk about anything, you know, if she says to me, you know, this girl did this or this boy did this, and her mom does the same thing, right? We would say to her, darling, they just hurt, you know, they they just struggling through something. Or, you know what? Yes, they are gonna say these things to you because you know what, you are beautiful and you are clever and you are amazing. And so she doesn't follow the trends that people set out there. You know, she's not thick thin, she's healthy, she she does um CrossFit, she is in the kitchen, she does her stuff, and, and she can talk about any subject, about anything at any time. And I think that thing of reaching the young people starts at home. It starts with the parents. So confident parents. But the parents pay the bill for the device. That's why I say confident parents creates confident children. You know, we, we were born with a natural, a natural curiosity, a total, everything in life is exciting and there's so much beauty out there and, and we go for all these beautiful things out of curiosity, right? A child doesn't get up and start to walk and think like, oh, I have to do the perfect walk now because, you know, they're going to laugh at me. Just go like, let me try this thing. I've done the butt shuffle a bit. Let me try this leg thing for a bit. Oh, yeah, it works. When we go to school, we start to be judged on ego. Are you clever? Are you dumb? Are you beautiful? Are you not? Do you fit in? Don't you fit in it? And it becomes an ego, an ego thing to work with. And, and at that point, you start to see, okay, I fit in or I don't fit in. So how do I fit in? For me to fit in, I have to change what I look like, what I say, what I have, what I don't have, the brands I'm wearing. If we could just step back to that point where we take life in curiosity and teach our children to really just stay curious. Yes, we live in a world where, where people have to go to school. And they unfortunately have to, to complete this whole curriculum. You know, one of my grandchildren, my grandson has, um, he, he's been diagnosed with dyslexia and he felt very bad for it. So I took him and I sat him down and I said to him, look at all these successful people in the world that has dyslexia. You see the world in a different spectrum it makes you more unique than any of the other children in the school. And then my daughter and I had a conversation and I said to her, okay, so the problem is he switches things around when he reads or when he writes. Ask the school for him to use a laptop. Nobody writes things down on paper anymore. Laptops will autocorrect his spelling because he knows what he wants to say. He just can't get the words together. And it took her a long time to get there, but the school has agreed to that. And he's doing wonderfully. And he still thinks he has the superpower of being dyslexic, which he does have, you know? So it all comes back to confident parents who really want to empower their children, not want to grow ego, 
but really empower their children. Right. So tell us about RTT. What is it? How does it work? And who's the best candidate for that? Oof. Anybody who wants to change their lives is the best candidate for rapid transformational therapy. So rapid transformational therapy works on different levels. So you work with psychotherapy, you work with NLP, uh, you work with CBT and you work with hypnotherapy. So you sort of tackle the situation from different angles. And most of the things, I mean, I haven't seen anything that I can't work with or that we haven't resolved. Um, we have a bit of limitations with people with epilepsy and people that have psychosis or schizophrenia or bipolar because obviously they're on a different spectrum and needs to have um, more medical medical assistance. But you really go into, into the subconscious mind, get to a total place of, of relaxation. So with with hyp hypnosis is you sort of just cut out all the noise in the right brain. Just all the analytical, the noise, the things that's going on around you and you focus inwards. It's a bit like, you know, when you go to the movie and you walk in and it's daylight and you sit there and you eat, eat your popcorn and then something happens and you go like, uh, right. waiting for that moment, right? And then you eat again. That's what we do with hypnosis. We sort of cut out all the noise on the inside and just get you to focus inwards. And then start to, to, to ask your subconscious mind, at what point, where did the tag come in for this belief? Because, you know, we first make our beliefs and then you have a thought and it becomes part of who you are. It creates an action and it becomes part of who you are. So the moment we can understand what that subconscious tag is, we can rebuild that into a positive and give you the outcome that you really want to have in your life. And the moment you bring something from the subconscious up, then it's no longer a subconscious behavior. It becomes conscious because you are aware of it. So, so it goes not... from the back of the bus to the front of the bus. Exactly. Go to the conductor and go like, Oi, I know you are here now, right? What happens is you still got to move the bus. And when you realize that there is something new, you have to adjust to that as well. Correct. Because you have to teach your brain the new way of what you want to have, right? For that to become your subconscious behavior. So we go through the whole process of understanding what it is. We link those. And it's not me. I'm purely the catalyst in, in making the change, right? The client does all the work and, and the change because the client finds the connection of what the subconscious mind does and how it brings it into the behavior that, that the client has now that they want to change. And then we go through all the different different phases and steps of first dealing with with the different or with with the the scenes that has come up and then we rebuild them and we reframe that so part of the reframe is letting go of that asking the subconscious mind to just let go and give a new good behavior and then we do a recording to listen to for 21 days so Listening now, to wait, that. wait, let me pump the brakes right there because uh, I am listening to 
hypnosis tapes for weight loss. Yeah. And I'm on day two and I fall asleep, but I don't really fall asleep. Maybe I'm in a trance-like state because it is still, you know, it's like watching television. I can't, I went over to my girlfriend's house and spent the night over there. She can't sleep without the TV on. And I was like, I'm not good quiet, quiet the monkey mind. <laughs> but when I'm listening to these hypnosis tapes, even though I think I'm sleeping, it is still penetrating and it's still Absolutely. saturating. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and then when I wake up, I feel, you know, renewed. I feel refreshed. But when I do wake up, it's like I am snapped out of a trance. And it's really, really uh, amazing. Do a lot of, um, I, I don't know. I've run across a lot of people now that are hypnotherapists. Give us some, some guidelines on who to look for, who to trust. Again, like I told you, Brains, you're, you're not going to do anything that you're not prone to do anyway, but you still have someone pouring some NLP into you. You still have someone giving you suggestions. You still have someone watching how you respond and how you're triggered by certain smells, sights, sounds, whatever that is. So you have to trust this person as well. How do you find a person that could work well with you in hypnotherapy? What are, what are the things that we should look for? So first of all, what you look for is you look at, does this person have a, a qualification that is recognized by the international bodies? Is this person registered with the international body? Does this person have proper insurance? Is this person continuing their learning journey because it never stops? And then you see, does this person have the skill sets for what I require for me? And then can I relate and connect to that person? Mm. That's, yeah, that's clear because I had a person um, that tried to put me under and I resisted. And she said to me, she says, well, our session wasn't very good. And I said, well, in all transparency, I wasn't very trusting. That's the thing. There was a blockage there intentionally yeah. set up by me because there was something I just wasn't vibing with. Yeah. And she got in her feelings. <laughs> and I told her, it's not personal. No. At this point, you are, again, like you say, you're the conductor. I'm the passenger. And I didn't want to ride. I just that's didn't it. want to ride. And it's okay. You yeah. know, but that's not to say that I did not try that again. It's just like talk therapy. You'll go to a talk therapist and you'll sit there and you just don't connect with them. You don't want to open up with them. So people that, that you work with brains, if you run across a stumbling block, don't necessarily give up on that process. Try it again. Yeah. Because there's so many different modalities. There's emotional freedom technique. There's Reiki. There's hypnotherapy. There's psychotherapy. There's, you know, I tease all the time. There's Arawesca. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a psychedelic? We're doing psychedelic. 
but here in the United States, the, the mushrooms are about to be legal in California. I heard. <laughs> I heard. Oh my goodness, that's going to knock you out of the park. Right? You know, you it's bad enough you go to the dispensary to get some of this tainted marijuana, but right next to that, you've got these psychedelics. People are going to be out of their minds. They're going to be out of their minds because they don't know how to control these substances. But I had oh. a guest that was on my show that told me something very fascinating. I didn't know that they're still doing shock therapy. No. They are still doing shock therapy. Now, I don't know to what degree. I don't think that they're, you know, putting that bowl on your head with all those wires and you're doing all this jittering. I don't know what it is, but they, and she said that they're finding it very effective. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it kind of scared me, you know, but I don't know what level of um, pain an individual has to be in to go through that. But yeah, they're still doing it here. So let's ask some fun things about you, Grandma. I still can't believe you are Grandma. Um, if you were an appliance in the kitchen. That's a very good one. I would be, I would be the mixer. I get everybody wants to mix it up. Why would you be the mixer? Just because I love to put a whole lot of ingredients together and see what comes out. Uh, <laughs> I want to be the refrigerator because I just want to chill. Ah, uh, I like that. <laughs> if you were a car, what kind of car would you be? What kind of car would I be? Uh... Oh my goodness. You know what? I would want to be my car. It's yeah. a Mercedes-Benz SLK. It's an yeah. old model. It's cute. It's nice. Two seats. Never lets me down. I know. I want to be a VW bug, like a 1970. Hippie, free, you know, it can make out in the back. <laughs> I didn't think about biking out in the back. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm that kind of girl. <laughs> what are some of your guilty pleasures? What are some of the things that you just, you know, whimsical things that you love to do to honor uh, and please yourself? Oh, things that I just love to do is I love to spoil myself um, to book. To book a facial or a lovely stone massage or um and to be honest with you i love just to spend time with with my daughter and the grandkids we don't get much much time together um but i love it when we are together because you just catch up on the most amazing things but if it's just time for me it would be a stone massage hot stone massage living in south africa during apartheid what is one of the most humbling things that you experienced, saw, felt, or shared with another individual that was struggling? You know, I, apart from what I told you about how strict my upbringing was, my parents, my, my, I grew up with my stepdad and he is from, from Holland. So I grew up in a household where 
there was no distinction between people. You know, yes, we had a lady that worked in the house. Um, if she had a little child, my mom would babysit for her or um, because she's tired, you know. So so I grew up in, in that kind of environment. And I was, and also remember growing up as a child, you're not aware of apartheid, mm -hmm. right? It's It's just, you don't even ask the question of why people don't live together or live in the same area. It, it, it was just never something as a child that came to my mind. But when it came to people, everybody was the same. And to me today still, I don't care if you are a CEO or if you are the dustman, it's everybody. The bus driver. The bus driver, the bus driver. <laughs> I'm a bus driver today. Every, everyone is a person, you know, we all go through struggles and things. But I think to me, the most humbling thing that that I experienced is when the ANC came into power, I, I worked at a company in South Africa and we had one African lady on the switchboard. Her name was Daphne. And I walked up to Daphne and I gave her a hug and I said, congratulations, girl. You know, the ANC done it. And she was so happy and she was so excited. And when I looked at everybody else's face in that office, I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? What? You know, I couldn't, I couldn't understand what it was. And Daphne just burst out in tears as she said to me, Sanette, you know what? You were the only person in this whole company that came to congratulate me. And afterwards we went, we went out for a, for a, for a dinner um, in one of the areas that was more predominantly black. And it was just for me to see how happy people were and and it sounds silly, but only at that stage of my life that I really see see that split. And it's not it's not silly, but it's about exposure because I've talked to several uh, other brains from South Africa, and they say you don't realize that there is a dividing line because everybody in your community is black and they look a certain kind of way or they're white, a certain kind of way. There was not a lot of commingling. Yeah. So here in the United States, uh, unfortunately, people call you out, you know, mm. call you dispiriting words, whether it's white or black, um, to try to show or flex their perceived power or influence. But the struggle is real. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, God is going to be the one that does the editing and the filtering and the shifting. And all of this other stuff is really a mute point. Yeah. So let's go back to the fun questions. If you were an animal, what animal would you be and why? Mm. Mm. <laughs> I would be a giraffe. That's the first time I've heard. Mm. Why would you be a giraffe? Because I will be high and I would be able to see everything. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? I love giraffes because they travel in a pack. They're yeah. wonderful parents. They eat well. They're vegetarians. Yeah. You know, and I've never heard, as many times as I've been to the zoo, they've always been quiet. I've never heard, 
I've never heard them really kind of make a sound. You can hear them as they run. But, you know, do, do they whinny? Do they do they snort? Do they, I, I don't know. So I'm gonna have to I grew up in that. South Africa, right? Seen many of them. I've, I haven't heard them making any really? I don't know. So we'll have to look into that. Well, I want to be yeah. a party animal. <laughs> I told you I'm in that W bus making out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you have been a wealth of information and so honest and so transparent. Thank you so much for being here with me and my brains on the edge. Please tell them how they can get in contact with you. I know that you are able to work with them remotely. You're just a Zoom call away yeah. uh, to really kind of find out if it's a good fit. If it's not, I'm sure that there are other individuals that you could refer them to or other modalities yeah. because you're here to help. You're here Absolutely. to heal. So yeah. tell my brains how to get in contact with you. So when you contact me the first time we will have a nice discussion and it's completely free just to see if we are a good fit if i can help you if you do feel comfortable with me you can send me an email at, at info at srhypnotherapy.com or you can visit my website at www.soulresponsehypnotherapy.com I'm going to put all of your information in the back of the interview so that we can reach out. Brains, I need you to do your homework. You know what that is? This. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Just like hypnotherapy. You got to repeat it so that it lands in your subconscious mind. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Three is a winner, and you yeah. are a winner. Thank you so much for being on the edge with me. You are the absolute best. You're so funny and pleasant. <laughs> I wish you were here. Come to San Diego. Uh, I will let you know. Yeah, bring the kids. We'll all go to Disneyland. That'll be fun. We'll, oh, that will be fun. Thank you for having me, April. And um, this was so lovely talking to you. Thank you, Sunette. You Thank are you. the best. Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye.